This week, um, I had the privilege of being um, with the Relational Missions Apostolic Team um, for, for three days up in Norfolk. The team meet three times a year. And I just, Mike Betts will be coming, who, who leads, leads the, um, the Apostolic Team and Relational Mission. He'll be coming on uh, September the 7th to speak with us. Red Letter Day on that day. You know, expect to see things happening. I know when he came to Canterbury a couple of years ago, a woman... Um, had a, uh, she had a valve missing in her heart, born with a, a, a missing valve. Mike had prayed, and for her, it was a creative miracle. She was given an, an ex, a valve that had been missing, and the specialist said, it's a miracle. So that's you know, senior apostolic ministry amongst us. But what I'm, why I'm saying this is that I was just so impressed with the team of, 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 of these leaders there's such a humility amongst the team. Sitting there, senior guys, people like Steph Liston, Goffo, Morris Nightingale, a load of different, different types of people. But there was an incredible vulnerability within the team. And they were accountable to one another. And there was a wonderful openness that I thought, actually, this is a very safe place. And it's a very safe team to be relating to. So I want you to know that, that um, as leaders, we're very blessed to be um, a part of this transition as New Frontiers moves to not just one movement, but um, a, a whole number of different apostolic families of which we're a part. So it's breathtakingly healthy, I would say. Um, very human, um, very ordinary, but got a passion for God. That's the extraordinary thing about it. So you'll meet Mike on September the 7th. Um, we're drawing the series on Proverbs to a close today. I think it's today, isn't it? That's right, yeah, today. And we're, we're going to be looking at, in Proverbs, uh, the whole question of um, how we handle wealth. It's not just finances, but I think wealth obviously is related to finances, but um, our possessions and wealth. I think it fits in well off the back of what's been shared this morning about us becoming a cap centre. Because it, this, one way or another, it touches us all. And Proverbs is very rich. There's a rich seam keeps popping up right through Proverbs. And uh, so I'm not going to preach from one chapter of Proverbs, but I'm going to keep dipping into it like Richard said we would at the beginning of the series because it's, you know, Jesus talked more about wealth and finance than any other thing. Why? Because it's to do with our hearts. And Jesus went for the heart. Yeah, because, you know, if, if the lordship of Christ touches our hearts, God gets hold of our hearts, life can be so much richer. So I'm not talking about you being rich, I'm talking about your life being rich with God's goodness. And that's, that's the right focus. So I want to pray, then we're going to start off with a BMW advert, if that's okay for you petrol heads amongst us. So all the men are going, yeah, yeah, yeah. So Father, I pray that you would really help us to understand the big picture for our lives, where we fit into your redemptive plan and how you want us, Lord, to have a right understanding and a right application to that which you've gifted us and, and uh, given us stewardship of. Uh, Lord, I ask you, please help me to communicate in the power of your spirit these simple but profound truths. Amen. Okay, I saw this on the telly this week, and I, I Skyped John, but I said, John, can you do a YouTube for it? And he was doing it at one o'clock this morning. So I think, so if we could turn the lights off, it's only a quick one, but I'll ask you some questions about it in a moment. So, <laughs> that's a big advert. Come on, men, do we like that advert? 
It's <laughs> we don't like it because it says I am. He uses the name for God. That is, um, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth. I am the, um, the life. Um, I am the good shepherd. When Jesus said that, he was using this name, I am, which is really, um, the root of it means God. He's even a pro cycling team now called I am. But I think it's a profound picture of a very, very clever, very, very clever advert. Because you almost say, yeah, I want a worship. <laughs> yeah, I want one. Um, but it's, it's intended to press our buttons to think, oh, um, my car's not good enough. My car's not fast enough. My car's not sexy enough. That is just, it will change my life if I get this car. Um, I hope no, nobody's got this. Well, actually, if you've got this car, relax. I'm going to say something positive about it in a minute. <laughs> but what is it saying? Open questions. What is the advert saying to us? Because it's addressed to you. What is it saying? It, you, so, so, so you need it to... You need it to satisfy you. What else? Who said something else? Did you say something else? It must have been an echo. Sorry? Yes, absolutely. The impossible. You can. Life's got no limitations if you get this car. Yes, Tony? Yeah, this science will be all you need. It's gonna, you'll need nothing else if you get this car. The danger is. Is that if we see anybody with, with this car now, oh, can you pass me the water? We're thinking we're going to say, <laughs> but it may be that person in that car is a multimillionaire and giving away a million pounds a year to a good cause. If you knew that, how would your attitude change? You see, because we can judge a book by its cover, can't we? I don't think that's in Proverbs, but it's a good proverb. Lord Fink, um, penniless at the age of 21, he is now an estimated fortune of three billion pounds. He could buy one of those every month on his interest alone. He's giving 75 million pounds to Oxford University for a school of government. 75 million. You see. So we've got to be careful that we don't pigeonhole people just because people have got more than us. Because there's always somebody who's got more than you. We're all, we've all got somebody who's got more than us. And the danger is we judge people by what they're driving, what they wear, where they live, how, they, how posh they speak, as if us lot, the, the people below those who have more, have got it sorted. And Proverbs just helps us get a good balance on that. Just going on about that a moment, how much the rich give. 174 donations and more than £1 million were made to charities in the UK between 2009 and 2010, 80 of which was from individuals. I mean, that, you need to hear that because there are some rich people who see beyond the temporal and give to something that's beyond themselves. So just because you're rich, it doesn't mean you can't be generous to others. However, 
Professor Yao Jong Lee of the Institute for Social Change at the University of Manchester analysed a survey data of over 100,000 adults in England and Wales over 10 years to 2011. And this professor said that, the, that in 2010-11, the poorest 20% of our population gave 3.2% of their gross monthly income to charity during the four weeks before they were interviewed. And the richest 20% gave 0.09%. Now, there's a dynamic there, isn't there? And it's not cut and dry, but there's a dynamic that the poor will give more on the average than the rich. And I think when we were talking about having authority over things earlier on, thank you for what was shared in that, the contributions. We need to have authority over materialism because it can get to, it can erode our souls, it can erode us, it can, it's deceptive, it, 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 it just gets into us and that we're never satisfied. You know the verse in the scriptures, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Who's heard that verse? Put your hand up. Right. Does anybody know what Paul's talking about when he said that? Yes, Martin. He is. He said, I have learned to be content in all things because I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I've had much and I've had nothing, but I've learned contentment because he, I can do all things through him who strengthens me. How content are you today? Do you have to have that next thing before you really find you're content? And that's why the book of Proverbs is so helpful to us because God wants us to walk in freedom. He wants to walk in generosity in relationship to how much we have so that we can have the joy of giving. He can have the joy of blessing rather than the, the avarice that, and the insecurities and the fears of, of take, 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 take. Proverbs 15, verse 16 and 17, it says this, Better to have little with the fear of the Lord than great wealth and turmoil. In other words, the more you have, the more there is to go wrong. Just ask us that. Yeah? There's more electrical things, the more they go wrong. My life seems to be... I remember my mum doing the washing with, a, with the old mangle. I used to put things through that mango. I used to press all sorts of things on that mango when she wasn't watching. But it never went wrong. It was bulletproof. But now, when a washing machine goes wrong, it's stress-filled, particularly before you go away, if you can afford to have a holiday. Proverbs 16, verse 8 says this, Better a little with righteousness than much gain with injustice. And the problem is, I think my, our observation, isn't it, with the, the super rich at the moment, it seems that they, you can't be, on the whole, you can't be satisfied being super rich. You now pay for people to help you to avoid as much, paying as much tax as possible. Now, what's gone wrong there that you have offshore bank accounts? And it's right for me to say it because I've not got any offshore bank accounts. I just do Sainsbury's. My wife would want me to do Tesco's, but I, I just honour her. I do Sainsbury's. But there's something going on here in the heart of the, of the human psyche and that Proverbs speaks about. Proverbs 22 says this, The rich and the poor 
and actually those in between, have this in common. The Lord is the maker of both. So we all have the one maker. So if you see somebody really swanky, you know, and I'm at one or two millionaires in my time, I should have said, we've got one thing in common. (laughs) Did you know we've got one thing in common? And he'd look at me and I'd say, God's our maker. You'd be being perfectly biblical. Proverbs 28, verse 6 says this, Better a poor man whose walk is blameless than a rich man whose ways are perverse. I wonder why that poor people give more than rich people on average. Actually, if that statistic is right, I'm profoundly impressed by this, 100,000 people were asked to take part in it about their giving before the, the, the survey, that if poor, poorer people give three times more than richer people, there's something going on here about the nature of wealth and the acquisition of finances and having more, you need more to sustain what you've got. There's something going on here that it affects the human personality that you have to give less because you've got to have more to sustain what you've already got. And I think Jesus is bang on where he talked about the love of money is the root of all evil. Money's not, money's, it's not money's the root of all evil. Of course it's not. It's neutral. But the love of money, there's a power in wealth, increasing in wealth, that actually can be quite, it can be quite um, invasive. That's the word I'm looking for. Invasive. We've just got... Um, found a leak in our shower. I, lo- I really like our house. I'm going to say I love our house. I shouldn't say that, but I, I like our house. But I found we've got a nice shower in the ensuite. And I've, hold on, there's a leak going on here. And it, it's, there's a, a skirting board, a bit of skirting board, and, and a, bit, a bit wet. And I, I, I thought, I know what I've got to do. What I've got, I know what I've got to do. I've got to get the skirting board out. And I know what I was going to find. It's going to be black mould all underneath. And it's, oh my word, can't use a shower at the minute. Um, well, we've got two. So we've got two or two shower family. Actually, we're one shower family and a hose pipe outside. I'm not going to there. But I'm realised, just that little drip, 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 if it's not dealt with, it produces something very unsavoury underneath what's visible. Right? So we can appear as if, yeah, we're following God. Yeah? But underneath, we've got plans which really, they're our own agenda for our lives. Yeah, if I can get that and do that and build that. And so we've got to be careful, um, friends, that we, we, we watch what's going on inside our life, what not being seen by people, because it can be very dark. And what Jesus does, he wants to get the skirting balls off our lives if there's, if there's something leaking, so that we, we get the air around. And that's why we read the scriptures, that's why we, we hear the preaching, because... That's how we get challenged to keep living life openly. Now, I think it's about, there's a great book here. If you haven't got this book, I kind of say it's one of the few books I'd say every Christian needs to have apart from the Bible. Money, Possessions and Eternity by a guy called Randy Alcorn. I know it sounds American, it is, but I think it's the best book going on. Stewardship, finance, investment, if you ever can do that. It's just getting a sense of balance. It's a superb book. And he boils, it, he boils it down to three things. It's about having two treasures, two perspectives, and two masters. In Matthew 6, verse 19, Jesus himself said, 
Do not lay up for yourself treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys, where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. John Budd sent me an email in response to this advert. He said, I love, the, I love the advert. He said, but Graham, did you know that it's made, mostly made of carbon fibre? And at the moment, there's no way to recycle carbon fibre properly. So it talks about the future and all that, but when it, when it actually gets too old, and it will get old, that car, you can't recycle it. It's not good. It's not thinking about others. That's for the environmentalists amongst us. Right? just want to preach the full counsel of God. But that is not, that is not a, a car which is environmentally friendly. But hey, who cares about that? I'm just going to go for it and I'm going to live my life. I'm going to build my little kingdom. Even if you put a flag with Jesus at the top, I'm just going to go my way. And Jesus cuts across all that. And he said, do not lay up for yourself treasures on earth. Then he went on to say, so that's, that's the treasures, two treasures. Where's your treasure? Then he goes on to say in verse 22, the eye is the lamp of the body. So if your eye is healthy your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light in you is darkness, that's a scary thing. If the light in you is darkness, your whole body will be full of darkness. How great is the darkness? So that's the perspective. It's what you see. If you see clearly... It's life. But if you see, if that light that you see with is darkness, this is Jesus saying this, that's a dangerous place to be. So some of these people have got clear clear determination to make it financially, to get it all sorted, that can be darkness. And it spills out. Verse 24, no one can serve two masters. For either he will hate the one and love the other, or you'll be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. So he looked at the rich, Jesus looked at the rich young man, and he, this young man wanted to follow him. And, he, and Jesus looked at him, he said he loved him. And he said, there's one thing you lack. And he said, give all you have to the poor and follow me. But he wanted to keep some and follow Jesus. Can I just say, Jesus is saying you can't keep some and follow Jesus. You can't, you've got to give it all to him. You surrender it all, not claw some back. Why? Because Jesus loves us so much that he says that. Because to do otherwise, it will end in spiritual poverty and selfishness. So you can have very little and you can be the happiest person in the world. Because you've learned the, the, the secret of contentment. To be happy with all things. Not when this is done or that's done, but I'm just content because I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And no matter how much material wealth someone has, and everybody has some, we must be careful not to treasure it. You've heard many times the story of my, my famous racing bike where I gave it away and had to give it away and somebody painted it with looks paint and it ran and it was like God broke I didn't realise how much it meant to me until somebody else trashed it and I was free from it what is there a treasure 
Is there a treasure that you're keeping? We must be careful not to treasure the possessions we have. I'm not against possessions because Jesus isn't against possessions. But he said, don't treasure it. Free to enjoy it, but not to treasure it. And Christ's primary argument against massing material wealth was not that it was bad, and this is, a, this is a killer punch, but simply it was a poor investment. And Jesus goes on, and he reflects in Proverbs what was written many centuries before, and he draws it, the Lord of all creation draws it into his teaching now. He said in Matthew 13, 44, the kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field, which a man found it and covered up. Then in his joy, he goes and sells all he has and buys that field. There may be people here today, and I think there are, because I've spoken to them, I don't want to tell fibs, who have given up everything to follow the call of Christ. You've got treasure in heaven. Jesus, he says. Be able to walk away from something to embrace something else. Not a half-hearted call. If God is calling you, you'll let go of everything. Why? Because he's, it's the Lord calling you. The, Lord, the, the fishermen, they left their nets. They left their nets. They left their means of livelihood and say, I don't know how we're going to be provided for, but God, I'm trusting you. And you know what? God takes you to the 13th hour. And when Peter... Failed him. He failed him. But the Lord loved him and had a purpose for him, even to be the foundation. Peter, Simon Peter, upon this rock, you, I will build my church. But Peter went through that crisis of faith and he ended up back in Galilee because he felt he'd let God down. He's God down. Why did he go back to Galilee? He went back to fishing. He went back to what he knew rather than the unknown, what he didn't know. And in his grace, the Lord came to him. And he said to Peter, do you love me more than these? Wow, do you love me? He may have been talking about the fish as well. I think he was. Do you love me more than these fish? Do you love me more than this livelihood? And he said, feed my sheep. See, when God calls you, you've got a choice. And God will come back to you again and give you a choice. Do you love me? Will you follow me more than these? Will you let, do you love me more? It's about a question of the heart, isn't it? We, we do this on a Sunday because we've seen something, haven't we? We've seen something that, oh my, I've got to give myself to you. But it's difficult. It is difficult. But Paul had learned to be content in all things through Christ who strengthened him. When we're struggling, the secret is you come to Jesus. You say, oh Jesus, I'm really struggling here. I'm really struggling. And Christ strengthens you. You go back to him. You see how he deals with situations and prioritise priorities. Where's your true treasure? Don Francisco said this, a great songwriter, since I met him, I can see. And it's so humbling to serve this church alongside these precious leaders as, I, as we serve hundreds of people in this church, because you've made the same discovery, church. And it's humbling to see the giving that you give, not 
because it's given to church, because you first give yourself to the Lord, you've seen something. That's why people say to this church, how can you do this? Because the answer is because people have seen something and they're living differently and doing wealth differently and doing finances differently because of him. See, transformation is not about a new spiritual philosophy, but it's encountering a person. When I knelt before Jesus, I didn't see him. I knelt before my bed as a young lad. My mum was dying. And I said, I give myself to you. You can have all of me. See, Zacchaeus, tax collector, self-made man who worshipped his own creation, as I say, up in that tree in Jericho. He's he's walking, Jesus is walking along. He sees, the other disciples didn't see him, but he saw him, and he saw what he could become when the grace of God touched his heart. And he said, Zacchaeus, you come down, because I'm coming to your house for tea. And there are some children's choruses that are great. Not Mark, Matthew, James and John, bless the bed that I lie on. That's not biblical. And some of you don't even know what we're talking about, do they, Johnny? (laughs) He said, I'm coming to your house for tea. And, And Zacchaeus had an encounter with Christ in his home, in his heart. And he said, whatever I've got, I'll give four times away to the poor. You see, because Jesus had touched his heart and therefore his wallet was no longer an issue. He said, I'll give it away. Jesus said, salvation has come to this house. Why? Because Jesus saw that it touched his finance as well as emotions. It's huge. It's huge, this is. It's in there. That story's in there for a reason. And there was joy. He said, oh, salvation's come to this house today. Wonderful. Hallelujah. Is salvation in your house? You see, it's more than being... I'm nervous about saying this word... Philanthropic. Yes, I got it. It's more than being philanthropic. It's about God dealing deeply with our motives and breaking the power over our lives of materialism. It really is. So God gives us things to enjoy. Yeah, absolutely. I've got fishing rods. I've got a canoe I've used twice. I have to sell it because I can't do it with my arms. They ate too much. We've got, we've got material possessions and enjoy them, yeah. But I'm not going to make him a treasure. It's too dangerous. Whether it's a motorbike, pushbike, or whatever it is. Jesus spoke about true investment. Do you remember? You've all seen Gladiator Men, haven't you? Come on, I'm speaking to the men here. Actually, some of the women have seen it because Russell Crowe's in a skirt. Yeah, as a claw, uh, what's his name? He's a, uh, what a name, Maximus Decimus Meridius. What a fantastic name. It's just a skirt bit that worries me. And. Uh, he said a fabulous phrase. This is what is rallying the call of the men. Do you remember when they're all, they're all ready to go into the Germanic hordes and uh, it's actually filmed somewhere new, near Woking, I think, but in real life. But they're all there and he's running up and down the trenches with his Alsatian dog. I like that dog. And he's galloping up and down and, and they're all banging their shoes. <laughs> they're, the, um, they're the Germanic hordes. And the Romans are there loading the catapults and getting ready. You know, it stirs the macho man in me. And he said, what we do here today echoes in eternity. Yeah. 
I thought, ooh, I keep playing that. <laughs> I keep playing it. I've even got the soundtrack from it. What we do here echoes in eternity. What we do here echoes in eternity. We're in a battle. We have a foe. And he's out to rob us of our inheritance. Not just here, but in the future eternal inheritance that we have. Jesus, it's almost Jesus saying is this, you can't take your money with you when you go, but you can send it on ahead. (laughs) You can send it on ahead. If it's true, and I believe it is, it offers all of us the opportunity to make extra investments to top up our eternal pension, our eternal awards. This is not about paying for salvation. That comes as a free gift in Jesus. Jesus is saying something more than that. There are rewards, eternal rewards, eternal treasures that you can top upon now by investing more into my purposes. Beautiful, isn't it? Beautiful. Beautiful. But if we really process his words well and take them to heart, it will become a game changer in how we handle wealth, however limited. See, what we do with our money is more an indicator of where our heart is. Our heart is. Okay. How much of the kingdom of God has gripped your heart? Right. Well, and we, we, give, we give regularly. Most of you give regularly. But do it out of a love for him. Do it out of a love for him. Well, I don't believe in tithing, some people say, because we're now into grace. Don't do that. I've never heard anybody who says that who gives more because they're into grace and less because they tithe. <laughs> never heard it. But I tell you this, there's a discipline of grace. There's a discipline of grace. And giving, we give a tenth because we've seen the grace of God has touched our lives. There's a lot of people say this now. It's called 80-10-10. You spend 80% of your income, if you have income, what goes on living, your daily needs. Gas bills, electric bills, and blessing the Chancellor. 10% on God in terms of give your 10% to God so he is Lord of your life, so you're breaking his materialism in your life. Get there with it. And 10% on saving for the future. Now you might say, I can't even say, Graham, you don't understand. I know, I, it's all right, I'm not saying. I said, moving towards. I think that's a healthy balance that countless thousands upon thousands are going this way now to save because it's not wrong to save. That's what Proverbs tells us. Proverbs 28, 27 says this, He who gives to the poor will lack nothing, but he who closes his eyes to them receives many curses. And I'm thrilled. I've got cap centre here. Well done, Cole. It's, it's there to alleviate the crushing weight of debt to help them get out of people out of the vicious circle of debt. Proverbs 23, 4 and 5 says, Do not wear yourself out to get rich. Have wisdom and show constraint. <laughs> there you go. We should not say, think 30 years ahead if you're a financial advisor. 
think 30 million years ahead. If we believe this stuff, I think Jesus is the best financial advisor going. Choose your investments carefully. Compare their rates, says Randy Alcorn. Consider their ultimate trustworthiness. I was sitting in 1974 when I first met Sue. We went on a mission trip to, with the church army to Great Yarmouth. And I sat in this room in an evening and there's this senior evangelist there called Ray Lewis. And I, his white hair and uh, his wife had died and he said, I'm going to give everything to follow God. And he gave it all away and he lived out of a suitcase. That's all he had, his suitcase. And he wore this lovely tie and I said, Ray, I like your tie, that's really nice. He took it off and he gave it to me. He said, have it. I said, I can't. He said, no, 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 have it. And he was happy. As he'd, something had broken in him. He said, wife died. I'm going to live for God. I'm going to live gloriously. I liked his trousers, but I didn't say that. Randy Alcorn says this, money, possessions, and eternity. I, I, I might have two jobs, five friends, but only one spouse. Some relationships, by their very nature, are, ex- are exclusive. The most basic of these is our relationship to God. And there's a throne in everybody's life that's just big enough for one. Christ may be on that throne or money, but you can't have both. You can't have both. Two treasures, two perspectives, Two masters. Every heartbeat brings us closer to eternity. Those passengers on MH17, some going to work, some going back to see family, some going on holiday. What, hour and a half from where it would be into the flight? Life can change all of a sudden. Friday night, I said to Sue, Friday tea, we finished work, let's go swimming down at Hythe. Those pebbles are pain, aren't they? That's the definition of pain. Walking down, I've got to get one of those pair of shoes where you, you know. But it's agony. You look really weird like Quasimodo walking along, don't you? And I sw- swam in the sea, it's absolutely superb, superb. And we, we came back and we're sitting on the patio and I cooked a, um, my signature j- dish at the moment, which is, um, what's it called? It's like <laughs> pasta, um, chorizo smelly sausage with broad beans from the allotment. It's superb, superb. And all of a sudden, this, this sort of close encounter, the third kind, blew over. And I'm thinking, what's happened? One minute, we're enjoying sun, shine, It's changed within five minutes. We don't know what life will bring. That's why there's this wonderful phrase, I don't know know what the future holds, but I know who holds the future. Folks, let's live for him. Let's live for him. Two years ago, we went camping, and we said we'd never camp again. Those of you that are in your late 50s, early 60s, you go to the loo in the middle of the night, will understand the difficulties of getting out of an, off an airbed in the middle of the night, undoing the zips, trying to find the torch and shoes, and walking out of staggering. It's just not good. And I said to Sue, we will never do this again. This year, we're going camping again. <laughs> <laughs> now, why? And I'll tell you why. 
We're saving up. Because we, we can afford holidays. I'm not ashamed of that. We can. We like nice holidays. Okay? Sue works hard to keep me in a life I'm accustomed to. <laughs> we, we, we've done the sending the you know, kids through life. But I said to Sue, let's double it this year. Let's double what we gave on last year. And if we go camping again, we can do it. Now, we're just seeing things differently, and so we're living differently. And it's not about amounts, it's purpose. It may be for you. I'm just sowing a, putting a flag in the ground in your mental thinking in October. Why, why would we want to raise money for our, a building? Because we care about people. I care about the people in the church. I share that with the leaders. We all do. Because the people getting, having to set up here every Sunday morning while we enjoy the benefits of it. I care about you. But I also, we also care about the people that aren't, don't know Jesus. It would be far more fruitful to have a, a seven-a-day-a-week resource. So you give yourself to that because you've seen something differently and therefore you live differently now. Will I enjoy camping? Yeah, in the daytime. That would be great. And finally, I just want to say this. Let's train our children, can we, to get a proper perspective on finance. Proverbs 22, verse 6 is, Train a child in the way that he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. And as parents, we must help our children to associate money with labour. Money doesn't grow on trees. One, one week, um, I took all my money out of the bank from my wages, and I sat down with the kids. They were quite young at the time. I said, right, this, in one pound notes, I think it was one pound notes at the time. No, five pound. No, you know, I'm not that old. And uh, we, we, we divided. I said, this is how much we have to pay on the house. Da, 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 da. Right down. And I said, this is your pocket money, but we expect you to do chores. So it was great to do that. From that early days, our children understood the value of money, a work ethic. My fear is in this generation, because parents want to be friends and with their children rather than parents, they just give them the money. And when children go to university, those that do, those that privilege, I think there's an argument to be said to say, right, well, you work for a year and you make a contribution because some of the, some of the student life that I've seen is that students go there the first year just to blitz out because it's mum and dad have paid for it. What are you teaching your children on the true value of money? Kids, we give this amount each week to the purpose of God. And it was humbling that my son, one, one year, he'd been saving up as a teenager. And he'd saved up a three-figure sum, and it wasn't 100 pounds either. And he said, I want to give it all into the offering for our building fund at Norwich. I said, no, that's stupid but we taught, built something into our children that they give. And I felt the Lord rebuked me. And I had an argument with my son about giving too much. Isn't that crazy? And they said, no. He said, no. I, I, I stepped back. I felt the Lord rebuked me. Don't you dare. Because I'm building. he's seen something and he's giving it. He's moved on from that church now and he's somewhere else. But the investment is in eternity. The investment is in eternity. So, folks... 
this is big because it's a heart issue. It's big because it's eternal. I want to encourage you, there's many here, you're getting an eternal reward for that monthly, monthly giving and beyond that you give that nobody sees. But God sees it and he said there's an eternal reward for you. That's got to be good news, isn't it? And not only that, materialism is not holding you. You're not, oh my word, every time I've had it, I've never had a brand new car and I, I don't think I ever will. I'm not that bothered. But every time I bought a new second-hand car, it's either been scratched within a week or something's gone wrong within a week because God breaks it in me. <laughs> Who's ever had that experience? There you go, you're children of God. You discipline those he loves. <laughs> but we have a Father who wants us to be free so we can enjoy all life that God has breathed to us and we live life to the max, to the full. Amen. Father, thank you for this morning. We thank you that we... We're free to worship you. We can see. Most of us can hear. Lord, most of us have food on the table. We'll even have a variety of food today. Thank you for such richness. Lord, help us to where we need to be content. Lord, Jesus, please, through Christ who strengthens us, help us to be content and live for eternity, not for the temporal. Amen.